0: With uh, Paul McCartney, for example, Um, I went to Los Angeles, I sat with him and showed him all these ideas. And he said, "Uh, yeah, they're all great, man, but I've got a much better idea. And it's two balls on a bay's billiard table um, called Venus and Mars. And I said, okay. And Storm, my partner, who was a very, very difficult man and incredibly rude and fell out with nearly every single rock star we worked for, Um, stood up and said, I think that's a good idea, I'm going home. (laughs) (coughs) And left me to do it. And of course I was going to do it because it was Paul. And, um, and sometimes, you know, you do things for money, not everything is about aesthetics. We had a studio to run, we had people to pay, we had, um, you know, expensive equipment, Hasselblad cameras, all the rest of it, you know, we had, we had a business to run. And when Paul said, "Will you do this, I said yes. You know, he was going to pay me a lot of money to do it, and there was a reason to do it. So I can't say that I feel that that is one of my favorite covers or that I feel particularly enamored about it.
1: Welcome to this week's with Fab. I'm Ed Chan. And I'm Lonnie Pena.
2: We were at Abbey Road. Giles Martin says to Moxie, uh, so you're gonna be doing a magic show at Edinburgh. He said, You know, I uh I went to the same business as my father. And there's some uh there's some tough there's some tough parts of that. And <laughs> Moxie says, tell me about it. And Giles said, I was. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> he said my father uh told me uh do not become a music producer you'll be compared to me your whole life don't do it
1: the pendulette thing with now and then you heard that right yeah he let
3: the cat out of the bag did he not
1: pretty much i mean i guess first off the question is do we believe everything that he said you know a lot of people want to complain because well he got the decade wrong for anthology he talked about free as a bird and real love as being in the 80s it's like well no not quite i
3: heard that it's like okay but you know what the heck he was off by 10 years right
1: (laughs) yeah exactly I mean, like i have said before he's a big fan, but he's not, like, a super fan.
3: Yeah. But I was surprised to hear the title.
1: He didn't give the title. He never actually said Now and Then. He just said it was the new Beatles song, or it was the third song that they had worked on. If you're us, that it can't be anything but Now and Then. <laughs> yeah. And then
3: what was the other thing that he let the kid out of the bag? He
1: talked about how they used the Peter Jackson, the Mal technology, to actually get a couple different... Aspects of John Lennon's vocal so they can mix it the way they might mix it. And then yeah. even the piano, they've got it from a couple of different perspectives.
3: Yeah, you can so do that now.
1: 10 tracks of John's vocal and piano.
3: Yeah, we can mix it definitely.
1: And, <laughs> and they have completely removed what Pendulette said was it was the sound of the TV. I think he's got to be talking about, you know, the version of it we have has this hum over it. But
3: that could easily be filtered down with the technology that's out now. Why not? You
1: know, well, but at the time they worked at it and they worked at it and they worked at it and they tried and they tried and they tried and they, tried, and they never got anything that George Harrison was happy with.
3: Well, now they got it done. And, you know, we just have to wait and see. It's coming out in September, right?
1: That's the other thing that Penn said, is that the next project is going to be a remix Red and Blue. Yeah, baby. Are we going to get a stereo She Loves You and a stereo Love Me Do?
3: Mm, Well, you know, it seems like it. It would be. I mean, How many times have they uh, remixed the Red and Blue, the songs for that Red and Blue album? Because in 73, it was remixed.
1: Everything on the Blue album has now been remixed. What's
3: it going to sound like? Is it going to sound much different if, in fact, that's what's going to happen? We're going to get a different stereo pan of everything.
1: And are we going to get a full Atmos 5.1? Ooh, yeah. You can do just such miraculous things with that technology. Well, now it's
3: the time to get on eBay and find the Beatles... The, the big blow up posters and I can situate them in each one of my speakers <laughs> you know? and I'll hear Ringo's drum come out of this speaker, hi-hats out of this speaker, Paul's bass, you know, just around the whole room. I'll have my own Beatles concert in my casa <laughs> and all we need is a hologram. When is that coming out?
1: Maybe we're closer than we think.
3: Yeah, I, I think so. It'd be this decade.
1: Just briefly, the, the <laughs> details that Pengelet let out: the new backing vocals are taken from an outtake of "Because," and they have apparently changed the pitch of the vocals so it matches now and then.
3: Yeah, that's kind of what Jaws did
1: for "Love." Yeah, kind of like what was done with "Love," except yeah. here they're really mixing it into a new track. But I don't, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Because that, that's kind of messing with it now. George didn't do any backing vocals, apparently, from back in the day. He did some guitar work, and that's what they're using. And
3: they're not using any of McCartney's new vocals.
1: Okay, what Ringo said is that Paul did not record any new vocals. What Penn Jillette said is that... They have de-aged Paul's vocals. So that implies that he did record something new So this. we're looking at an AI. At a genuine AI. Ed answers that question that we've had for a while. Would McCartney do something with it? Well, maybe he would.
3: I guess I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I like some of the things that you can find on YouTube.
1: There's a copy of I Don't Know, and there's like a copy of New. I got
0: crows at the
1: window at my door
2: I don't think I can take anymore What am I doing wrong I don't know
3: My brother told me lies not a
0: pain And that was right When it started to rain
1: When you got the AI on top of current Paul, that's all right. You know that works pretty well. It's only when you try and put them over somebody else that it just doesn't work. So would it be okay for Paul to release a new album with just a
3: de-aged Paul?
1: Well, I mean that's obviously the next step. If an entire set of compositions, if people know. will accept this, is is that what McCartney's going to do, or or is he going to do some combination thereof?
3: it leads to a lot of questions you know it's just gonna a lot of people are gonna be unhappy a lot of people are gonna be happy i don't know
1: this is the internet <laughs> yeah. there is never any instance where everybody's happy at the same time
3: true is it actually going to be in your mind is you're going to think of it as a new beatles song having mixed up now an ai paul
1: until we hear it, my question is, so when are they going to de-age Paul too? Are they going to de-age him to an Anthology Paul? Or are they going to de-age him to 1978, 79 Paul when John actually recorded it? Or are they going to go all the way back and de-age him to Beatle Paul?
3: It's going to be like the Time Machine movie, you know, the old movie. You accidentally hit the lever that goes back to 19... 19- Baby Paul, I <laughs> <laughs> 19- didn't mean 46- to do <laughs> it this way, but that's baby as pa- Paul
1: is a six-year-old, nineteen forty-six Paul. But uh- nineteen forty-six Paul, <laughs> oh, uh,
3: the time machine—you can go back and forth. I want to—I want to set my vote. Well, it wouldn't help me at all. <laughs> it wouldn't help me at all, even back in the eighties. <laughs> What's happening, John?
0: Well, in my humble opinion, we've become involved in Einstein's time-space continuum theory. Oh I. Relatively speaking, that is. Of course. Maybe time's going on strike. for? Shorter hours. I don't blame it. It must be very tiring being time, mustn't it? Why? Oh, well it's a 24 hour day, isn't it? Oh, you surprise me, Ringo. Why? Dealing in abstracts. Oh, look, John. Just because I'm a drummer doesn't mean that I I, you know. Feel funny. Hey, Ringo, you're not after lad you used to be. Hey, look, everything's getting bigger. It's not. It's us that are getting smaller. I <laughs> oh, well, my mouth. And younger. Here you are, lads. old fed will get you out of all this. <laughs> look at that Oh, It's all a load of father ex It's not. It's father time, Dad. Uh. Oh, do you know? Well, I read it in a book. Now, I don't want to alarm you, mates, but the years are going backwards.
1: But, you know, fortunately, Uh, uh, as we said, we're probably looking at a release date. What Pangellette said was September. September is likely, although what Marv suggested is that maybe it'll be something for John's birthday. Maybe they'll put it out on the 9th of October.
3: Yes. It seems like September would be too soon. Just wait till the
1: 9th of October. I think by the 9th of October, we'll have it. That's realistic to say.
3: And I want something tangible. I don't want the streaming only.
1: I'll buy the vinyl. They're gonna put out a box. You know they're gonna put out a box. You know, the only downside is that the help rubber soul that we've been hearing was gonna be the release this year has obviously been put off a little bit. I mean they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't be starting to push this thing if help and rubber soul were coming. Yeah. And it may be that it's just not ready yet. You know, they're still working on something. And it's like, we've done all of these songs from Rubber Soul uh, on the main album, so we'll just put them out in this form. You got, what, six of the songs from Rubber Soul on the Red album? Yeah,
3: yeah, there's quite a few.
1: And then, so, you know, a couple more of the Help songs, so. Yeah, it may be out maybe in the spring. We'll see. But it is definitely something that we're all looking forward to. Yes,
3: yeah, certainly.
1: Once it's out, we'll have to do another show with all of us.
3: Yes, That'd be a good one.
1: The four of us could talk all of these issues once we've actually heard the record.
3: <laughs> it would be like the debate. What was that forum? <laughs> Go around the room. Oh. <laughs> we did that once the other time.
1: The McLaughlin group. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right. So our main topic for this week, we were fortunate enough to get a screening of Squaring the Circle, the Aubrey Powell hypnosis film.
3: I hadn't. No notion that this was going to be available. Did you know this in advance?
1: I knew of the film, and you know, I just happened to randomly see an advertisement a couple of weeks back. Yeah, because he could have easily missed it. It's screened here on three days at the Museum of Fine Arts.
3: Yeah, and I'm so happy you saw that. You got me out that night. I don't usually <laughs> go out past eight o'clock, but I had to do it this time.
1: And it was at least three quarters full. A lot more people were there than were at the Maypang film. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Like about 80% more people. (laughs) Indeed. 90%.
1: The actual size of the theater is probably just about the same size as the one that we saw the Maypang movie in. It was cool. It was a nice outing. Plus, it was a nice
3: documentary that we're going to discuss.
1: And the word is it is coming to iTunes and probably Apple TV uh, real soon now. I don't see a release oh, date, but okay. uh, you go to the Apple TV page. They are advertising it. So okay, if it's not there now, it will be soon. Okay, cool. Aubrey
0: Powell and uh, what's the other fellow's name? I'm Storm Thorgerson of Norwegian ancestry, and I'm a designer of album covers.
3: I'd never heard of these two guys. I didn't realize the impact.
1: Well, Aubrey Powell you've probably heard of. He's shown up in various McCartney things, and to a certain extent, Hypnosis was considered the unofficial art directors for Wings. And that's just McCartney. I didn't realize these guys
3: were just blown up across the board in the late 60s, 70s. Going through the
1: story, you had these two guys and uh, they were kind of living in a flat. The movie does kind of want to make a Lennon-McCartney story out of it. <laughs> yeah, One has this certain set of skills and is a nice guy. And the other has this other certain set of skills and is a leader type of fellow who wants to boss people around and make money.
3: Kind of a hard-nosed guy and, you know, had his own way of doing things. It was his way or no way.
1: Since there is not as much McCartney as we would have liked, you know, we're going to leave our summary a little bit short. They are responsible for pretty much every great album cover from the
3: 1970s oh it's incredible just looking at my collection and i do have a few non-beatle albums i bought all the zeppelin's albums i bought flash i bought 10 cc in the 70s i bought all these albums when they were released pink floyd dark side of the moon for sure and so i have these guys i have their artwork in my collection probably a dozen or more albums that i had no idea that they designed
1: no Gallagher kind of takes the place of Bono or Bruce Springsteen in these sorts of documentaries, where you kind of have someone who is the contemporary voice,
3: right? Which I don't think he
1: they he utilized those guys at all, did he? <laughs> no, no. He, and he mentions that there was one or two opportunities in Oasis, but they just didn't have the money either from them or for the record company.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that's incredible, and the amount of work that he did with McCartney, it's unreal. I didn't realize he did all that work.
1: After Wings Wildlife, pretty much every Wings album cover was either done by them or done by someone related to them. Including Doug Awar. And off the ground. Yeah.
3: So it's pretty incredible.
1: So you had the two guys and they were sharing a flat with others, you know, art student types, much like John Lennon and Stu Sutcliffe had done a decade prior. The guys that they were living in this flat with were the guys who would become Pink Floyd.
3: Right. They developed a really close relationship.
1: You know, this is like 63, 64. Yeah. So Storm managed to get himself into art school, and Aubrey didn't, but in a very John Lennon-like <laughs> move, Storm said, oh, don't bother with that. Just come and take classes. And, Just and they love let it. him. <laughs> they let him. So he, he went and he took classes at the art school. He he studied photography. <laughs>
3: That's pretty crazy. It's just, come on, no one will notice. Just have a
1: seat. Well, I mean, Steve Jobs did basically the same thing. Did he? You know, at Reed College in Oregon, Steve Jobs was like, oh, I don't want to pay. I don't really want (laughs) to go through the discipline of being a college student, but I want to learn stuff. Right, I just
3: don't want to take the test, but I do want to learn.
1: He had a girlfriend, and the girlfriend was at Reed College, and you know, okay. He looked at the catalog. He found courses that interested him, and he would go for as long as it continued to interest him.
3: Yeah, well, you had to have an end first, though. Like he had a girlfriend, and then the other, and uh, Aubrey had Strom. Storm, Storm. I'll get his name right. He's
1: only been... (laughs) Somewhere along the way, you'll get his name right. (laughs) What they don't mention in the film, but if you read books or you read further about them, what kind of got them into the idea of doing album covers as art was Sgt. Pepper.
3: Yeah. Like the whole world, they were pretty influenced by that cover. That was another influence that the Beatles had on, on people.
1: I find it a little bit interesting just how important album covers were to the Beatles and the Beatles story. I mean, from the very beginning when you have Klaus coming up and I got an album cover for Stu.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And then through the Beatle years, it was always Paul who kind of had all of these ideas.
3: Yeah, he have some sort of rough sketch of everything.
1: Whether it was his idea or whether it was something that he came up with with others, he's the one who would say, I want it to look like this.
3: Yeah, that's the creative flow in that person.
1: If you weren't a musician, you would have fit right in with these guys. Right. You look at that whole set of three albums, you know, Rubber Soul, Revolver, and Pepper. That was a revelation in the world of album covers and then even the White Album because one of the things that Hypnosis would really not want to do is just do a picture of the band and put their name on it.
3: Right. You know, when they did whatever cover they did with Pink Floyd. I think it was the cow cover. Pink Floyd didn't want their name on the front. The record companies wanted their name on the front. And, um, well, the White Album is just the Beatles. You can't even read the Beatles on it. Yeah.
1: You can barely faintly see it. It's just embossed. That had to be a big influence on them. So they went through, they did their thing at art school. They got out. Pink Floyd was then starting to make it big as a band. And it's like, we want you to... Do album covers for us. And they were all kind of looking at what the Beatles were doing with album cover art. And it's like, well, we want our own twist on the same thing.
3: It's amazing. You never know what life is going to take you. So they had no idea that they would be designing a cover for this band they knew. And this band explodes in the 70s. <laughs> and they do all their covers. They did all their covers, I think through the 80s
1: they did nearly 400 covers that's just album covers remember they also did single sleeves you know picture sleeves for singles
3: yeah and posters concert posters
1: and just all sorts of things they would become or at least aubrey powell would become the unofficial art director right and this was with paul and linda Right,
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: From Pink Floyd, other people started to notice the work that they were doing.
3: Yeah, I had mentioned earlier I have albums by the group there, but um, I didn't know they did. You know, I was a big fan of uh, progressive rock in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned that before, but I used to love this band called Flash. And then lo and behold, they did one of their album covers when I was looking. Their first album cover was like a woman in a bikini, a very close up. I didn't realize they did that album cover until like today. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty incredible the amount of work that
1: they did. And so they were not only responsible for things like Houses of the Holy. Incredible cover. The Pyramid on Dark Side of the Moon. Also the Bent Obelisk. Uh, Led Zeppelin Presents. Yeah. That was entirely their idea. Yeah, now I want one. There's probably one on eBay. Well, you could always 3D print one. True, true. I'm sure somebody has scanned in the dimensions, and that's all you need in order to go and print one, as long as you can find somebody who will loan you a 3D printer overnight, because that would take overnight to do.
3: They also did the little stickers and the little extras that were in albums. I bought Dark Side of the Moon when it was released in 73, and they had little stickers in there. And so they also were responsible for designing those little things as well.
1: As we know, that was something that was big in the 70s. I mean, oh yeah, McCartney, yeah. again, uh, you look at uh, McCartney and Wings, pretty much every Wings album had a booklet and had some fun stuff.
3: Yeah, Venus and Mars had some stickers. And of course, there was the poster and Dan on the Run. And there was just a bunch of little things.
1: I don't know, but I wonder if they were responsible for the naked woman, was it Jet, where they had the naked woman painted gold? Was it on the 45 picture sleeve? Yeah. I don't know if that is a hypnosis thing or not, but it might have been. Let me go look it up. (laughs) (laughs) They go through the 70s. They become big. There's a lot of really interesting stories. The, the, The Wish You Were Here story is a little bit spooky. It, now, what was that? Was that the dark person? Sid Barrett was one of the people who was in the flat with them. Basically, he blew his brains out on LSD. Yeah, it
3: was pretty tragic. He was an original member of Pink Floyd. I think he was the original singer.
1: They ended up kicking him out, and yeah. then he would show up looking for Storm.
3: This was a few years after, I think. It was, yeah.
1: Well, this was while they were recording Wish You Were Here. Oh, good. That was a long time after. <laughs> yeah, so you know, mid seventies. Yeah. He went to the hypnosis studio and Aubrey Powell said, Oh yeah, he's in the studio. You can go and find him there. He went to the studio and they were recording Wish You Were Here. Eerie. <laughs> it was a little bit tragic, but it was also a little bit ironic. That's what they were singing at the moment he shows back up again. At Abbey Road. Uh any other stories from the film before we start talking about McCartney stuff? There was quite a few stories. Pick one or two. You know, I want to say the
0: pig. You talked about um, animals, the Pink Floyd cover. Well, again, I'd, we'd shown uh, pictures of uh, our ideas to, to Roger and, and the band, and Roger didn't like any of them. And I was sitting with Roger in his house in London, and we, his house overlooked Battersea Pass Station, that amazing uh, building there, and he'd just decided to have a pig uh, made for their shows because they were starting to become very big since dark side of the moon They started to play to 90,000 people at a time and he thought they were just four specks on a stage little tiny People so he wanted to create what he called Electric theater,
1: Well, it was never meant to be inflated with helium quite like that
0: So it's the idea of flying pigs if pigs could fly but it's also the fact that it's a power station, so it's like, and that it's upside down, and also that there are four chimneys, you know, and there are four fallacies, and there were four people in the band. But, but then the idea of creating the event of a big inflatable pig flying over Battersea Power Station.
1: I remember being there and this thing going up
2: and it disappearing over the horizon when a, a, a steel, I think it was a steel ring
0: about that size, Bro. Audi the pig sailed up and away right into the path of planes flying to Heathrow Airport. <laughs> Everyone was beginning sort of to be partly amused but partly thinking we might be caught up in one of the worst aviation disasters in the history of the planet. The pilot of the police helicopter certainly couldn't climb as fast as the pig could. I think the pig had a climb rate of over 2,000 feet a minute, and the helicopter couldn't couldn't stay with it.
1: Yeah. The ironic thing about that is they never got the picture.
3: Never got the photograph. They had to actually crop it in, because back then they didn't obviously have Photoshop.
1: Either they cropped it in or they just overlaid the two negatives and, uh, and created a composite. But uh, That was a funny one.
0: At nine o'clock in the evening, I received a call from a farmer in Kent. He said, are you looking for a pink pig? Well, it's in my field frightening my cows.
3: That raised quite a bit of laughter in the theater when that happened.
0: <laughs> pink Floyd road crew went down that
1: night, picked it up. Air traffic control gave them one job you have to have a marksman so if this thing gets away you can shoot it down
2: (laughs) you storm
1: whoever had thought about having a marksman there but of course he hadn't turned up yet i think we couldn't wait to get the bloody thing up in the air You, you had one job and just to put a beatles reference in it in broad street just before it closed down we see Paul driving right past the Battersea power station and the film just sort of briefly goes to the angle that the album cover was taken.
3: And if you look really close, you can see the pig in this clouds. No.
1: <laughs> paul did not bring in the pig
3: no pig pigless okay
1: <laughs> there's no other reason why they would take a shot of just paul looking out at the power station and yeah we want to remind you of pink Floyd. although you know maybe aubrey powell was around let's do this as a gag yeah it was a little shout out for aubrey powell they would do various things well into the 80s as with everything there was a money problem they had added a third partner and they basically each needed to pay off i think it was a tax bill they were each going to pay a third of this bill and well aubrey powell came up with his third and the other two did not so that wasn't a good thing and that would effectively end hypnosis as a working unit and their relationship as well right storm would pass away in the early 2000s, but you know there was over a decade where the two of them just did not speak. Yeah. He passed
3: away in, I think, 2013. He was really ill in early 2000. Yeah, he had cancer, and I think he had some other problems, too.
1: That is the the deal, and as we say, the film is very good. It's a little under two hours.
3: Yeah, and Aubrey is still kicking. I mean, he's in the film.
1: The film is uh, going to be on iTunes on on Apple TV and there are several books if you just want to kind of get a collection of their album covers. There's a bio and there's also several books which are you know just nice picture books of the album covers.
3: Yeah, and you could see exactly how many bands they worked with and literally, I don't know, maybe hundreds of covers that they worked on.
1: So Paul is one of the talking heads and one of the great things about this film is the number of people that they have gotten and talked to. Yeah, about hypnosis and the work of hypnosis
3: yeah along with paul there was robert plant and you know jimmy page like peter gabriel
1: Uh, yeah graham goldman from 10cc yeah
3: Yeah. unfortunately they didn't leave a lot of time for paul
1: (laughs) yeah And, and and one of the weird things is so they really only talk about two and a half of the album covers and then yeah. <laughs> and then they also briefly talk about one of the picture sleeve singles, which just surprised me a little bit. It's like yeah. <laughs> they throw it up on the screen. It's like, wait a minute. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a picture sleeve. and It wasn't even a picture sleeve that was ever issued in the US.
3: No, and I have it. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> it's a I'm, British pictures sleeve. It's a British for cl- uh, getting closer. Getting closer. From so. uh, Back to the Egg.
1: The first time that Paul would work with Hypnosis is for the band on the run cover.
3: Yeah, they commissioned Hypnosis to do that cover.
1: And we do have to mention, the name comes from hip, hip meaning hip, and Gnosis meaning knowledge.
3: Uh, It's pretty incredible. (laughs) You put the two together.
1: Well, by chance, someone had spray painted it on their door. One of their friends probably while either stoned or high.
3: And never knew.
1: Some people say that was Roger Waters that did it. Some people say it was somebody else. It was Sid. Never know. They go through the question of who spray painted this on the door in the film. No one knows. And no one knows. To this day, they don't know. And it's probably a good thing they won't come (laughs) forth asking for payment. We're about to get into some of the things they've done with McCartney and Wings. On the McCartney side, they were really part of everything all the way up through off the ground. If you've ever seen those behind the scenes band on the run, Footage, some of which Paul uses in concert, uh, you can actually see Storm and Aubrey Powell directing the shoot, which would become the band on the right shoot.
0: Okay. Oh. Which we we listen, I think we're all going that way It feels yeah. a bit incongruous to yeah. yes. we going that way Yes. Are we looking that I way think we we look I think some of you are... Listen, listen, you've all got oh, to get... No, you've no, you've, caught you've no. just all been caught by the light. So well, we some look, some where's different the light coming, coming from? Yeah, the light is coming yeah, from the top of that lamp. We'll be looking up there, Yeah, some of you will be looking up there. Some of you will be more concerned about getting away, but you all will have got close to court in a position... Court in a position where you feel somewhat uncomfortable. comfortable. You know what I no, with, you, with Linda. I mean, is yes, Linda's I mean, in front of you, and down, Linda, can you go down, oh. Denny, can you go down? Oh. Oh. I mean, crouching, like we're crouching, we're crouching to get away. Oh, we're not all up against the wall, no. I that I didn't hear that one. you on the run, so you're close to You've got your hand on the shoulder, maybe you're looking after Michael, you're bringing up the rear behind Kenny there.
3: That was shown in the 76 tour at the, on the big screen, and plus other subsequent tours as well. But I saw it for the first time in 76. Uh,
1: Nowadays, we have like the whole 30 minute Yeah,
3: you got the whole shoot
1: now. Th- with the kids running around and all of that. They were responsible
3: for uh, photography of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And both members of Hypnosis were part of that, although Paul... Had the basic idea going in. Yeah, as Paul would. And that would become part of the issue with...
3: (laughs) With Storm.
1: Paul came to them and said, here's kind of what I want. I want a photo which has interesting faces and faces that people know. I could name
3: a few. When I first saw that album, I didn't know many others other than Christopher Lee and James Coburn because they were on TV here in the States. But these other guys, a boxer, who's the boxer guy? John Conti. Yeah, I didn't never heard of him at that point. And these Kenny, Kenny Lynch.
1: Kenny uh, Lynch. Who yeah. who had been a Beatle friend since yeah. the you know 62, 63. Yeah. He was on the Helen Shapiro tour with them in January of sixty three. Yeah.
3: But other than the band, I, I never knew who these other characters were.
1: Michael Parkinson, British chat show. So I mean there's no reason you would necessarily know who he is. Yeah. And Clement I, Freud. Sigmund Freud's grandson. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Clive Aerosmith was a photographer, and, and things went you know, reasonably smoothly. Uh, this is one of the McCartney album covers they talk about. Well, just because it was kind of an example of the difference between the two guys.
3: Right, right. Well, didn't Storm walk out on this one, or was it a, a sub? No,
1: he, he walked out on the next one.
3: okay. I keep wanting to
1: jump ahead. (laughs) (laughs) They liked the work that they had done on Band on the Run, so they called them back up again for Venus and Mars.
3: And, of course, McCartney had everything sketched out for the most part.
1: (laughs) He had an idea. He said, I want two billiard balls. I want a red one and a yellow one, and I want it on this type of billiard table.
3: And, of course,
1: Storm... Had other ideas. The quote from Paul is, well, yeah, great ideas. I love those. But, you know, I went to art school, and I've got some great ideas, too. Well, no, Paul, you didn't (laughs) actually go to art school. Well, no, he
3: went to the school across the street from the art school. So that counts, right? For something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In the interview with Stanley Tucci, when talking about (laughs) the the book of photographs, he's like, yeah, George and I were at the school next to the art schools.
3: Right. It was close proximity.
1: Paul offered this to them, and, you know, Storm just said— i'm going home there's nothing for me to do here you deal with it
3: yeah so he took off after that aubrey did all the work for paul
1: hypnosis as a collective and they probably did share some ideas going back and forth on
3: things yeah possibly storm was like the leader of this pack
0: they came as a double act but they were like chalk and cheese I'm described by some as really awkward. By some as a narcissist, he was insufferable.
1: He could be really crappy. I don't think he was a major presence. And I mean, again, since what they want to do is they want to make Storm into this, you know, vaguely John Lennon figure. Although, you know, maybe even more of a loss than John Lennon's reputation, I think. Yeah. They love him. He's brilliant. But it's like nobody's going to get along with him.
3: Right. Well, of course, he's not here to defend himself, unfortunately.
1: Aubrey would stay with them. What he says is, I stayed in California probably six weeks working with Paul and Linda. I got a billiard hall in LA. I set the shot up because Linda was wanting to photograph it. So she'd come in and take the shot. It was a concerted effort by both of us.
3: They actually worked pretty closely on that. And I think that was another one that they had little inserts and stickers, if I remember incorrectly. And it had a gatefold sleeve.
1: You open up Venus and Mars and you look at the photo inside, it's very representative of a lot of the work that hypnosis would do. They would find something really cool as far as scenery, and then they would just put something in it. That was on location? There's another story about that. Yeah. That was Death Valley, or
3: was it Palm Springs?
1: Where it ended up was between Lone Pine and Death Valley. Yeah, (laughs) Aubrey Powell had gone out and Mm. scouted this location, and Paul, as Paul is wont to do, well, you know, actually, I've got another location. It's just right outside of Palm Springs. It's all desert anyway, so what does it matter? (laughs) It is a stunning picture, though. Oh, it is. So, you know, it's like, we've got the spot. It's just outside of Palm Springs, so Aubrey Powell drove... Halfway across the state, he showed up and found this Winnebago.
3: But uh, it was the McCartney's bust. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so he opened, the, opened up the door of this Winnebago to see what was going on. And it's like, uh, Jimmy got drunk. Jimmy, Jimmy McCulloch. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy trashed this place. We're not doing this photo tonight. <laughs> not going to happen, folks. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you got a car? Great. Take us home.
3: So they drive all the way from Palm Springs back to L.A. And it's not just a quick drive.
1: Eight hours in a Mercedes sports car. So a Mercedes at that time was a tiny little car.
3: Oh, that's who was in the trunk. Does it have a trunk?
1: (laughs) So you had Paul and Linda and Aubrey Powell just squished into this little car driving across the desert.
3: Crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy.
1: Paul and Linda agreed. It's like, okay, we're not going back to the place. Where did you find? They found the spot. They went back to the spot that he'd originally chosen outside of Palm Springs in Cathedral City.
3: That's where they took the picture.
1: Not only is that where they took the picture, on the way there, the three of them were in a car, I assume a bigger car, a slightly more comfortable vehicle. And they were speeding. (laughs) They got stopped by a cop. The cop comes in and uh, looks into the car and he's about to give them the ticket and he says, oh, who's that in the back of the car? Is is that John Lennon?
3: (laughs) Uh, Nope, it's not. It's the other one.
1: So he settled for an autograph from Paul and let them go on their way.
3: I wonder if he still has that autograph. <laughs> so, who knows?
1: That's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> That's two great stories about the uh,
3: shooting that album cover, actually. You no, know, it's the guy who actually wrote Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: Oh, and then after that, they actually had a barbecue out in the desert, and everyone – enjoyed themselves
3: yeah talk about a rough shoot (laughs) photo shoot
0: i had great fun paul said i want to do an image for the for which looks like out of this world like it's on mars so i spent uh a couple of weeks traveling all around um uh, california looking for a perfect place and i found lake Lake owens which is uh, not far from um uh, las vegas And we went out there and we spent a couple of days staying in little motels. Me, Paul, Linda, the band. I mean, it was fabulous. And every day we'd have a picnic and we'd light a bonfire and have a barbecue. And, you know, and it was the most relaxed time I ever spent with Paul McCartney. It was fantastic. And I have a very fond memory of that. So for me, that whole experience was worth doing it just for that picture. And I like that picture. I think it's a group shot, which is interesting because it's such a spacey landscape.
3: They spent a lot of time back then. Going places, going back and forth, you know.
1: As Noel Gallagher says, his (laughs) daughters don't even know what an album cover is. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. Your daughters at least have some idea. I mean, they've seen yours, so. Well, yeah, they
3: lived with my collection all their lives. (laughs) Albums, they better know.
1: (laughs) And, And so Aubrey Powell ends this statement the only part of the story that's actually in the movie is the part about storm walking off right so the rest of this comes from other interviews that aubrey powell has given through the years at the end of it he mentions oh and i still got those snooker balls they're somewhere deep in my archives somewhere (laughs) we want them (laughs) so that's another one which is very much a Hypnosis-style album cover. It does have the name of the band, but it's the name of the band in a unique font, but it's not their picture on the cover.
3: No, not at all.
1: It's just those billiard balls. No. You know, in this
3: day and age of the software, computers, Photoshop, they didn't do any of that. I mean, this was the real thing.
1: (laughs) This is all native, and um, they actually talk a little bit in one of the interviews I saw about how they then had to – manually adjust the coloring to get the reflections just right on those billiard balls. Right. I mean, they did it the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And and then the other thing that Storm actually may have had some dealings with was that whole font was something brand new. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, with, with yeah, the red and yeah. yellow balls. And, and right, then, right. then that sort of vaguely alien language on the inner sleeve. That was also all by Hypnos. Yeah. All right, so the next record they would work on for Paul is Speed of sound. They were not on the cover. They were on the back cover. <laughs> the front cover, again, it's a practical. They actually went up to Leicester Square and put those letters up on the marquee, and there's film of that as yeah, well. Yeah,
3: that's crazy. Man, they did it the hard way. <laughs> there was an easier way to do
1: that, didn't they realize? <laughs> they could have done it in miniature. Right. As would become their trend, there's lots of ways they could have done things and gotten (laughs) almost the same results, but they wanted to go the difficult route. They wanted to go the long way around. The person who comes out of this to enter the McCartney Circle, who's still in the McCartney Circle, is Humphrey Ocean. Okay. So he was just out of art school, and he had done some of the work for the Speed of Sound cover.
3: Okay. So he would stay with McCartney as a, a contract.
1: That yeah, as as a contractor. And the book that came out with Wings Over America, Ocean's View, I mean, which is also in the deluxe edition, that's line drawings of the tour as it was occurring by Humphrey Ocean. Okay. Pretty cool. Also in there, Hypnosis would do the Thrillington cover. I love that cover. Yeah. Was that a RAM? ramhead you got the board and you got the people playing out in front of it and and you got this ghost paw hangover and again it's very typical of the kind of thing that hypnosis would do
3: yeah i finally bought the album but it was just recently with the re-release color vinyl but i distinctively remember being in a record store back in whatever year it was 77 maybe and seeing the album in the in the racks and thinking I don't want this. It was 3.99. It's way too much. Put it back. <laughs> uh,
1: nowadays an original of that is worth how much?
3: Yeah, uh, more than 3.99. <laughs> it's 399. Missed the, the boat.
1: The, so the next project they would work on together is Wings Over America.
3: Yeah, that was a really cool cover. I would analyze that when I bought the album. That was a 3 album set. That was a Christmas gift from my mother that year. Yeah, that was a really cool cover. I remember just opening up the cover and just looking at every aspect. Was it not an aircraft, right?
1: It was an aircraft. The door is opening, and you you can just start to see the light coming out from the inside. It's another one. It's artwork rather than really promoting the record inside. It's, it's kind of meant to draw you in. Those album
3: covers did that. I would spend a lot of time analyzing the artwork. And, you know, listening to the album as well, but just sitting there, laying there on my bed, just looking at the artwork. And it it served its purpose.
1: It's a door opening on the airplane. The name of the artist was Richard Manning. He really appreciated that the blinding light artwork was replicated on the three inner sleeves with the light getting progressively brighter from side one to side six to identify the playing order of the discs. Nice. Really cool idea. The other thing about the drawing itself, 2000 rivets were drawn in perspective. So every one of those rivets was hand drawn in. Incredible. I would have never known. I mean, that's a lot of work. Now, you want a tambourine track, you hit it twice and then you just loop it all the way through the song.
3: I know. I mean, I'm recording with my buddy Leon, you know, we'll do a chorus and I just cut and paste. No need to record it over again.
1: <laughs> so, you have this guy Richard Manning Putting in 2,000, actually more than 2,000 rivets into that painting.
3: Yeah, that's incredible. All the work.
1: But that's what Hypnosis wanted. And as an alternate to Storm's whole time, wow. Manning recalled Storm paid for me to have acupuncture to alleviate my aching neck and shoulder after I finished after- that <laughs> record cover.
3: <laughs> I, I uh, smell a worker comp claim coming up here. <laughs> <laughs> No, go get acupuncture. You'll be fine.
1: <laughs> okay. The, the one which is the famous story that we all know, the Wing's Greatest Cover.
3: Yes. I didn't know they designed that once again. I have a billboard advertisement page that I ripped out a billboard of that, and I have it hanging in my wall and my hallway framed. <laughs> it, it's It's an awesome cover.
1: Paul had bought this statuette. And it was so high, it wasn't a big thing. You can actually see it on another record cover, which we're going to talk about briefly here. Oh, yeah. You know, Paul was like, Ooh, I like this idea. So, you know, let's take a close up of this in the snow. And it's just not in the studio snow, mind you. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it can't be in the studio. It has to be what Paul wanted. You can spend whatever you want on a record cover. I mean, of course, this is Paul McCarty. He, he can still spend whatever he wants on a record cover.
3: Yeah. So the whole concept of the Abbey Road album being called Mount Everest was some, somewhat coming full circle. It was kind of bought back. Yep. Yeah.
0: Oh, wake and tired. And then, flair, see, the my desire. You think that people had enough of silly <laughs> nerves? <laughs> oh. ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes! Band on the run. Band on. Be flat, mate. Funny, I only checked him this morning. Band on the run.
2: Wings greatest. Out now.
1: So, where did they go to photograph this statue? The entire McCartney family. Aubrey Powell and the statue were sent up to Switzerland.
3: They flew the family, they flew the camera crew, literally to what? The Swiss Alps? The Swiss Alps. That's crazy.
1: (laughs) And not only that, they then had to take a helicopter because they found just the right peak to do this on.
3: Didn't they say that a helicopter didn't really have a platform to land? (laughs)
1: <laughs> the helicopter kind of hovered and they took the ladder out and the camera crew just climbed down onto this spot as aubrey powell notes in the film oh well i looked to my left and i look to my right if i took one wrong step i'd fall six thousand feet
3: yeah and he had the fear of heights i <laughs> would have fainted it, it literally
1: <laughs> and it's ended up taking all day to get the statuette place Correctly, and then take the photograph. I mean, as you note on the cover of the record, it looks like it's huge. It looks life size. It really does. And come to think about it, I do
3: have the, a poster, a big poster for that that I that I acquired back in the day. That makes me appreciate it even more. It
1: is really <laughs> just this six inch statuette. You know,
3: you look at it now, and you can say that wasn't photoshopped. That was actually <laughs> in the Swiss Alps.
1: As was pointed out to them after they got home and developed the picture and and said, oh, we like this. It's like, well, you know, you could have gone into the studio, (laughs) built a bit of the Swiss Alps you like, and covered it in salt, and it would look exactly the same. But you got to appreciate it now, right? You got McCartney, who at this point in time was quite possibly the biggest or the second biggest. Elton may have been bigger at that point, but... It was pretty close.
3: Yeah. Well, through the 70s, Zeppelin was the biggest act. Paul was the Beatle. What did Aubrey say? When a Beatle called you, it was like God was calling you. God was calling you, (laughs) yep.
1: You're not going to say no, well.
3: Unless you storm, and you storm out.
1: Next up, the London Town cover. That's a more straightforward cover, although it will be interesting to see, should we get the archive collection, what he writes about in there, taking that cover.
3: Yeah, maybe we'll see different angles of the picture. of
1: The things that are most hypnosis-like, you have the scenery in the background.
2: With the mighty River ten snaky through it, London has many iconic buildings, some of which cross the river itself. But of these bridges are more eye-catching than Tower Bridge. And then you have the
1: bright, almost children's-like letters. Yeah. Spelling out the title of the album. And that's not what you would necessarily think of for a record cover. It's almost like a cartoon sketch to some degree. Somewhat mosaic. And then they would come back for Back to the Egg. What Wings album have they missed? You got McCartney. You got Wildlife. You got Ram. After that, they did pretty much all the rest of them. They didn't do Red Rose. You got those four that they didn't do, but they did the vast majority of
3: them. Yeah. Yeah, back to the egg, it's, neat. it's a Nate cover. It's a neat back cover as well.
1: The statuette does show up, and you can see the actual size. Yeah, it's on a
3: mantle, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, what I want to know is how they let two different versions of that cover get out. There's a foreign version, and there's a U.S. version. Linda's hands are placed slightly different in the photograph. So is it a U.K.? difference uh, it's other countries like mexico if you give the mexican copy oh. back to the egg linda is positioned fairly differently oh okay. I mean, she's in the same place her hands are different she's standing up a little bit more
3: they don't think it was reversed
1: her hands are in a different position so okay. it is definitely a different photograph that they used oh, for... now i
3: never noticed that darn now i have to go on ebay and find a mexican version or wherever it's from you are gray or portuguese
1: (laughs) given how painstaking hypnosis was with its work how did the record company actually end up making that mistake i mean clearly there's not
3: supposed to be two versions of it yeah well it was a mistake yeah someone let the wrong photograph out
1: but the cover itself again it's a very interesting cover wings around the spaceship looking out Uh, you know it's almost like a, a star trek or a star wars kind of thing and there's the earth off in the distance.
3: That's what the special is also. Uh, The Back to the Egg special, it starts off with that. You remember all the videos that it came with? It starts off with that little segment, and they open this hatch door and they're looking down on the earth
1: it's a live action representation of the album cover yeah. and doesn't it actually end with a freeze frame of the album cover yeah yeah so, i think
3: so that was neat
1: as we kind of reach the end of hypnosis aubrey powell moves on a little bit by himself and he's still working for paul though yeah he continues to work with paul on solo albums tug of war is the next one that they would do together
3: that was a lot of work because they did a lot of graphics designs and I don't know how you would call it layering over layers.
1: Linda had taken some photos and they took some lithographic ink and painted on top of that a second layer with, you know, those geometric shapes.
3: Yeah, I thought that was a neat cover.
1: And then they did that a second time. They referred to these as reticules. That was the design and, and if you remember the inner sleeve and the way that the cd book looks that was all designed by hypnosis yeah really nice stuff and that cover would become part of the mccartney stamps that came out yeah a couple years ago so nice we're gonna talk about the lobster let's finish with off the ground so okay. Robbie powell was fully by himself at this point and he was getting more into filmmaking, so Aubrey Powell was responsible for the uh, the Moving On special. They did a lot of mu- music
3: videos in the 80s as they, well. They did,
1: they did music videos. He was responsible for the Moving On special, which is really pretty cool and is available in the box set. Yeah, and he did other concert shows. And yeah. he would design yeah. the entire stage and backdrop for both the 89 and 92 uh, tours. The, yeah. The Flowers in the Dirt, and the Off the Ground Tours. Little did I know. Those were really some pretty cool stage settings. I mean, I remember the Paperback Writer where they had the actual physical curtains which had the writing on it. Yeah. And the the curtains like came down, literally came down at the end of the stage. So it was a very interesting
3: stage setup. Yeah. Did you go to uh, any of those concerts in the early I 90s? I did.
1: I went to Dallas.
3: Dallas. Oh, okay.
1: I went to a couple in 92. Uh, I went to okay. San Antonio and then I went to the Astrodome well, I show was, here. I just
3: missed you. I was there too. <laughs> the Alamo Dome. The. the uh, yep,
1: the, the Alamo Dome.
3: And then, uh, of course, Astrodome. And then in Dallas, wasn't it Cotton Bow? It wasn't Cotton
1: Bow. Uh, the Texas Stadium. Texas Stadium. That's right. We were there, but I didn't see you at the time. <laughs> Quickly go through uh, some of the forty-five sleeves that they yes, did.
3: Yes, let's do because I have those in my collection.
1: <laughs> the, the "Listen to What the Man Said" uh, yeah,
3: sleeve—that's a cool one. That's that was that's the, that's
1: somewhat more straightforward. Yeah, although it does have the the red and the yellow balls and the writing on either side of it. But I mean, that's just in the middle. You have a picture of the of the band? Yeah, with the title over the top of it. Yeah, and the desert. Nothing too extraordinary the next one so he songs yeah where's that from is that a uk it's, that's from the uk
3: okay it's
1: nice yeah it's the berlin wall oh it's okay. like a drawing of the berlin wall behind them
3: okay i was thinking van on the run you know in the prison or something <laughs> trying to escape that's Berlin Wall. Okay.
1: So over the barbed wire, you got the Wings logo, and, and just in red right beneath it, you have yeah. silly Love Songs and and picture of the band. It's like, wow. That is very impressive, and that is very much a hypnosis-style sleeve. I don't, do, you, do you have that sleeve? I do have that sleeve. You do? I don't. I'm so jealous. Okay. That one is worth picking up. There's no sleeve, but the design of the Maybe I'm amazed single. You know yeah. that came from the Wings Over America design. Right. But it's also unique. It sort of looks
3: like a gauge on an airplane. You know, it was on the single design.
1: There's a single red arm pointed between one and two. The numbers you see around there, although they're not evenly spaced, are one, two, four, and five. Yeah. Where three is is covered up by some of the typography
3: anyone who's aerodynamic or knows about airplanes could probably tell us what it all
1: means it looks like a, a dial that would you uh, would find on an airplane okay that is followed by getting closer my which sp- is mentioned briefly in the film it's mentioned briefly in the film because apparently they had originally done this for somebody else
0: that record came out of the reject box This is a famous box with all the ideas that no one else wanted. If Pink Floyd didn't take them, three weeks later they'd appear on someone else's record. There's a picture of a lobster. Paul McCartney used that one. (laughs) I think I'll have to talk to someone about that.
3: (laughs) It was
1: hand-me-downs that Paul got. (laughs) Paul doesn't even remember he just said i couldn't recall it what i like that this is contemporary paul It's not paul from a couple years ago this is him unshaven and the white hair yeah
3: just a few weeks ago probably <laughs> no
1: i don't i don't know <laughs> last year <laughs> yeah last year it's enough that it's like oh well that's how he looks now as opposed to but uh, yeah so you you got you got uh, a guy walking a lobster <laughs>
3: I remember when I when I acquired this, I bought it at the Groove. Remember the Groove record store? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bought it there because they had a lot of imports. And I just remember, I just this was I thought this was such an unusual picture sleeve.
1: Now that you're a little bit more familiar with all their other work, this right. fits right in with that. Oh,
3: exactly. But back then, I was thinking, how does this tie in with getting closer? If a guy it looks like he's walking a lobster. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not supposed to fit in with anything, right?
1: But it's a cool picture.
3: But there is a Volkswagen back there, and it says twenty eight. If there's really. a
1: there's a yellow Volkswagen <laughs> on the street. I also like how uh, the lettering dips into the picture in and yeah. is red where it's in yeah. the picture, and it's yellow on sort of the background, the green part. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Cool photograph. And then what else did they do? The Mulla Girls' School sleeve. You get Paul, Linda, and Denny with the mole behind them. Great scenery. The band is part of it, but they are not like the central part of this picture.
3: No, that's an insert photograph also of Linda, Paul, and Denny with the mole in the background, the
1: mole of Kintyre. The B-side, or what was the A-side in the States, the girls' school, which is also an... an, If you didn't know what it is, you would wonder what's going on here. It's the same sort of idea with the lobster. It's just like a silhouette of a... Of a headmistress or something. Well, I mean, girl school. Right. That kind of ties
3: in because there's a female silhouette, but it looks like there's a paper plane or something like that.
1: Artistic picture.
3: Yes, a- absolutely.
1: I mean, not meant in a negative way. It's very cool. Then what is probably the weirdest of the, even weirder than the lobster, the weirdest of the... uh Wings, picture sleeves. The I had enough sleeve. I actually have that one, Ed. I don't have that. That's Mike McCartney, right? Is it?
3: When I first saw it, the first thing I thought was that's Mike McGear, Mike McCartney, but maybe not. It is very avant-garde. He's eating spaghetti.
1: So there's a fella in a robe who is sitting at the dinner table, and he's eating spaghetti. And he
3: has his eyes are whited out.
1: His eyes are whited out, and there's a trail of the cutout of his eyes, and some of them are whited out, and some of them not, just flying away out the window, out into the distance. <laughs> Very unusual. That may not be everything, but that's certainly a good collection. And you know, there's no doubt that between seventy four and, well, all the way up through the 92 threw off the ground. You got 20 years there. Aubrey Powell and or Hypnosis were strongly involved with either coming up with ideas or making Paul's ideas come to life.
3: And doing it the old fashioned way, folks, no Photoshop.
1: They're actually just cutting and pasting or, you know, literally developing multiple layers of the negative over each other.
3: And I mean, I've always appreciated, you know, album covers, but having, this background story, especially from this documentary, makes me appreciate it even more.
1: It's something to be missed that we really don't have that anymore. Yeah, Even more so. I mean, at least with CD, we kind of had this little representation of it. Yeah. And you could do something with it. But now with streaming and digital kind of taking over the whole world. Yeah. Like, wow.
3: can't, I mean, there's there's uh, pictures on on streaming, but it's not... It's not, it's not, not something you can hold and you can look at. I just always had a problem with the CDs because, you know, but that point in my life, I needed my glasses to see the darn thing. Uh huh. <laughs> the album covers, I was younger, I didn't need my glasses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what the return of vinyl means, but it certainly doesn't mean that we're going to be flying to the Swiss Alps anytime soon. No, I
3: think we're, f- we're going to use Photoshop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the days of extravagant album covers are probably dead for good yeah
3: now with ai and everything else you know who knows what's real and what's not (laughs) we're very much real folks ed (laughs) and i marv john we all
1: actually exist for now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it may be that AI will get good enough that it could do these shows for us, but not quite yet.
3: Ed, you, you'll program that, not me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, not necessary, it is nice to see this theatrically.
3: I would like to see if they add any additional scenes of McCartney and some you know, behind-the-scenes stuff of his interview once it hits streaming.
1: As I commented, I don't remember if it was to you or if it was to Marv, it's like, this is just begging for a physical release with an hour or two hours worth of extras oh yeah i would love to see just the whole mccartney interview unedited yeah because you know you really if you edit
3: out just a mccartney you're probably looking at three minutes right (laughs) yeah three to five minutes
1: and and i'm i'm sure he gave them at least a half hour oh easily you don't go through all the trouble of getting made up and sitting down and doing the interview unless you're going to give them
3: 30 minutes or an hour and all these these other folks like like i said earlier with jimmy page and robert plant it's it's all new stuff it's how they look now you know it's all new interviews
1: it's Uh, the same thing i said about mccartney it's like i'm glad to see a presentation where there's no doubt that this is recent last uh year year, 18
3: months so that's right
1: All right. Very good. So uh, we got to figure out our August schedule.
3: It'll be here before you know it.
1: Look for me along with Kid O'Toole at the fest. We're going to do a fest edition of Fab along with our good friend Ken Womack. Sweet. So Look forward to that. We will continue to be on our regular schedule, whatever that may be, be it Lonnie, be it John, be it Marv. We're around, and somebody will be talking to me every week. Here's talking to you, Ed. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. We are looking forward to what we're going to get. We're not that far away from September. A new Ringo EP and Red and Blue and the new Beatles song, at least. And you know, I think we're going to get at least a couple more things in there. I think we may still even get that London Town Back to the Egg Box, speaking of hypnosis. Mm -hmm. It ain't Christmas yet, but yeah. It's coming. Because we're now well past the longest point between any two archive editions. I I don't know whether it's going to continue past that, but the work is done Mm -hmm. on those two boxes. uh, Unless he's having an issue with the record company, he's going to put them out.
3: I'm holding on to my pennies until that Uh, time.
1: All right. We will be back next week. Well, at least I'll be back. We're talking with Darren Murphy about wide album guitars.
3: That is going to be an awesome I cannot wait till that is dropped into streaming.
1: That's the scoop. Talk to you soon.
3: All right. Be safe, folks.
1: Subscribe to When They Was Fab on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever finer podcasts are found. Please join our Facebook group, and we could be reached at When They Was Fab and on Gmail. The opening theme was written, produced, and recorded. By Jay Young Kim, Beefster Famine Studios, San Francisco, California.
2: <clears throat> I would imagine it was rare that hypnosis dealt with. A creative force as big as uh, McCartney. Um, McCartney was not used to with the Beatles, right? I mean, he was, <laughs> nobody was going to tell McCartney what what to do, and so I, you know, you could see where there would be a clash. Um, McCartney certainly had you know, confidence in his artistic vision, and once he settled on this idea, that he wasn't going to be wasn't going to be pushed off of it, and that really, again, wasn't how hypnosis worked, and so. Um, while Aubrey Powell could kind of, you know, roll with the punches a little bit, um, Storm had, had, you know, had his belly full. But I don't think that this happened all that often. But I do think that the McCartney experience is a little is instructive in the way that hypnosis work with artists or maybe way artists work with hypnosis. Um, hypnosis basically called the shots when it came to the LPs, the LP covers.
0: I'll tell you one thing. There's sickness going on, and there's p- some good people doing work in hospitals. But they've got no bread to do it on. Not only are they working in a miserable condition with sick people, but they're, s- they're scraping the barrel for funds to keep going. Turned up nice again.